Hello. Welcome. My deepest apologies. This is the Five Heart Podcast live. Coordination.com. I'm Greg Mahochko, and I'm alone. I'm not alone anymore. Welcome back to uh, the Five Heart Podcast to my good friend and Coronation contributor. That's Nate McHugh. John is uh, taking the night off because he's he does like 18 podcasts uh, a week, most of them here on Coronation. Uh, so uh, we get started a little late because I just got little. I just got home from work, so um, this one's going to be interesting. Nate, how are you, buddy? Good. How are you? I, you know what, I am as good as gold and better. I'm not sure what that means, but haven't you ever seen uh, Muppets Christmas Carol? Yeah, when I was probably ten years old. It's been. Well, let me tell you, it's well worth the watch. So, uh, well, this will be fun. Uh, good, good seeing you. Uh, we're in for another exciting live show. Uh, so, Nate. Do yourself a, a, a favor. Say hello to all the Chatterfields. Hi to all the uh, Chatterfields or whoever's in the chat box or whoever is currently listening. So or watching, watching, I guess. So yeah, I mean, if they're if they're listening to the audio only version, that that's okay too. Um, early comments, of course. The comments go live before the show does. So, um, you know, from way back before uh, nine o'clock, you know, Dion said, by the way, Dion overachiever said first, and that was at 830. uh, That was a solid 40 minutes before the show got going. Um, And and they were so uh, a lot of questions said, where in the world is John? And again, John is doing just fine he just need need to rest um paul dalen says uh hey greg and and gives a dollar 99 do so so we appreciate you paul uh even though john's not here he's still the sole benefactor financially of all the super chats uh <laughs> gotta get that transferred over to uh, uh nate for for occasions such as this um but anyway, uh, good good seeing you again paul and uh, uh welcome again to everybody so Nate, it's been uh, a little while since you were on the show, but Nebraska, I don't know if you've been paying attention on a little bit of a winning streak. Well, three in a row right now. Uh, it's the first time in, what, 2000, since 2016, is that correct? I think I wrote about it. No, I can't remember. Uh, last, for my Sunday, my morning after article, I would say, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I uh, my flakes article that goes tomorrow. My question was, is it fun to watch Nebraska football again? You know, uh, because I was watching the game with my son, and on the uh, the field goal block and return for a touchdown, my first thought that went through my brain was, "Holy crap, I'm having fun again!" You know, for the past decade-ish of Nebraska football, it's like even we were, when we were winning or we're close, you're just waiting for that one thing to happen, the, sh- the other shoe to drop, and 
I don't know. I, I'm not worried about that right now. I'm not saying it's not going to happen right. against Michigan State, but just for whatever reason, I just feel better about things, and I'm like able to enjoy the football games. Um, by the way, uh, Paul also says a dollar ninety nine to Hey Nate. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, and uh, I don't think I'm speaking out of a, a turn for this, but if you've ever seen it pop up in in a Twitter or X or anywhere on social media in the last decade or so, the uh, Joe Bowserman uh, pass chart from the famed uh, Nebraska uh, big come from behind win, uh, Paul created that. Uh, with with the throws all over the place, so um, yeah, make sure you you show appreciation to Paul for that. That's that's a tremendous piece of of uh, uh, college football. I don't know, parody. I don't know if that's the, anyway, that's not the best. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, so Nebraska uh, handled Purdue. I I saw this. Of course, Haas and I did our, our coordination overreaction. We did that Monday night because Haas was, uh, uh, well, if you listen to the show, you know that he had a family thing on Saturday night and he helped a friend move for a solid 12 hours on Sunday. Um, so he was pretty wiped out. So we recorded, but he said, uh, um, you know, I, I we, we did, I put, posted the article up or got posted up on, on uh, Facebook. So I said, uh, real disappointed that uh, uh, we couldn't maintain that goose egg. Um, that that Purdue got that late score. Things are going to happen, folks. Um, I'm more disappointed that the the uh, uh, offense coughed up the ball and Purdue defense went and, and ran it back. But to your point, Nate, we did have the field goal block recovered for a t- uh, scooped up and, and ran back for a touchdown. We had um, an interception, and unlike. Uh, coaching regimes in the past like our our offensive coordinator decided let's we've got all this momentum we had just scored a touchdown a, a few plays prior uh to go up seven nothing we just got the interception let's take a shot downfield what the heck's it gonna hurt and then it turned into a 73 yard something like that uh touchdown uh for Jalen lloyd great opportunity for the young man uh we they they showed this incredible statistic uh, that you know as I relayed to Haas, we have known, but when because we've had all these injuries kind of slowly pile up uh, over the course of the season, when Fox put a, the thing that from the eleven starters in the game against Minnesota on offense, Nebraska is, has moved on, not moved on, but uh, they have eight out of eleven injured of those original starters who are not playing right now. That's a, a pretty dire statistic. Uh, 60% of the offensive line, all the skill players, the quarterback, and yet the, the team continues to fight. And is the offense always pretty? No. But, man, you got to love the, uh, uh, the 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 size of the fight in the dog, as they say. Yeah, and the uh, you know, people – that I hear from some, you know, they're critical of Satterfield. And I think there are some reasons why, you know, they should be, you know, and he kind of sometimes some of the play calls, you kind of like, what, you know, but as I always say, it's, we're not in the room with them. You know, there's maybe one thing they see that they're going after or 
maybe they had it, this place set up. Uh, I guess on the Sims, uh, the fumble, or yeah, th not the fumble. Maybe it was the fumble where I guess two other players went the wrong way, you know. And but then was that on Sims? His it, it said that the call came in wrong, you know. Uh, the offense is. Just, I mean, I I want to give Satterfield as much credit as I can because. I mean, there, there aren't a lot of offensive coordinators that would that could lose three fourths of your offense in football or in any sport, you know, and still kind of function. I mean, it's not great. It might not even be good. It's, it's not good, but it's like, you know, it's it's hard for me to be too critical of him, and I think he's doing an okay job. I mean, I don't think he wants to run the option. That's, you know, I think. <laughs> Some of the players have said that, you know, it's like they kind of understand this is kind of what we have to do this year in order to try to win football games. And that's what makes me happy is that this staff, from what I can tell, is not so proud and arrogant that their thing, however they have to do it, that it has to be their way. Because, I, I mean, like I said, Satterfield, do you think he wants to run the option? Do you think he, him and Rule want to take advice from uh, Darlington, who's, who goes to every practice, from Tom Osborne and, you know, about the belly pass? Do you think they want to do that? But they, they might be like, hey, guys, we'll take any advice you have because we're running out of players, you know. Uh, supposedly they had to move a fullback to the offensive line to kind of provide some depth. I mean, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, so – uh, I don't. I'm always slow. I'm I'm slower than most to be critical of coaches. I guess I would say, I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, uh, it, and I again, I I think the the key point here, and you're right. Satterfield may not be as as um, I it might not be as as keen to run the option, but I think the biggest difference between this coaching staff and and staffs previous is they are playing to the strengths that they have. They're not doing the the square peg in a round hole or round round peg square hole, uh, whatever. You know, they're they're not trying to force something. They're they're scheming to the talent. Yeah, and it, and it's uh, it's in interesting to think back how uh, um, blanking on his name now. He was our offensive coordinator last year. Uh, uh, Mark Whipple. Mark, you know, through some reason, I want to say Wade Phillips. He's an NFL defensive coordinator. <laughs> uh, yeah, Maybe the right side of the ball. Yeah, and uh, Mark Whipple, I guess, when asked about Harburg last year, laughed at the idea that Harburg could ever be a Power Five quarterback. Right. right. And now we have here. Here, you know, of course, you know. Speaking of that. Whipple would be one of those guys, like, he would never run the option. Are you kidding me? I mean, like, I don't think that would be something he would ever do. You know, comp comparing him to this staff. Would, would Whipple do whatever it took to win football games? I don't think so. I, I don't think he ever loved to, to run the ball. So, yes, Fred, Whipple and Wade do look a lot alike. That's probably why I was thinking of Wade Phillips. But, uh, yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of interesting – uh, conversation in the comments 
right now. A lot of it uh, stemming from uh, Michigan's uh, systemic uh, cheating situation, which, look, there are too many. Those conversations are great, uh, and I'll, I'll say this as, as nice as possible. Those conversations are great for the comment section, but the we there's no way we can highlight all those comments um, and 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 touch them all. It, it's you know, I don't think there's a way that Nebraska beats Michigan this year anyway, with or without cheating. Um, Haas made a good point. I encourage anybody, if you haven't, go back and, and to watch or listen to the uh, overreaction uh, that, um, you know, if if Nebraska's healthy, if Michigan's not a bunch of dirty, rotten cheaters, maybe it's more of like a, a, a two-score game instead of a, a highly one-sided affair. Um, so I, I'm going to highlight uh, Fred's comment here. Um did I did I finish the Amway presentation because of my so look this uh, um, a buddy of mine in the office refers to this as my Nebraska suit because it's got the the red liner on the inside. Uh, this is custom made. I uh, um, same place that does uh, uh, T, uh, JJ Watts suits. So uh, I'll give him a free shout out, free plug, bespoke Shopko. apparel. Shopko. Shopko. No. Bespoke Apparel, St. Louis, Missouri. Um, anyway, uh, I, I I love this suit. I you know it makes me feel you know if you can't if you can't feel good look good. Is that and that's the thing maybe right. Um, we'll go with that. So I'm going to highlight a few. Just this is a very limited conversation, so I, I'm not you know upset about. Uh, uh, highlighting these comments but paul did ask uh, what does the name of the podcast refer to because it's the five heart podcast and many speculates john's heart attack uh, and while that is unfortunately coincidental um that's as as close so when brian toll and i started this show back in 2015 2016 something like that uh you know we, it was it was more of a reference to the the recruiting system that's five star and i think i i uh, joked with brian at the time that um yeah i said i don't know about those five star kids give me the five heart kids you know give, give me the the kids who put it all on the line um so that's Kind of where this uh, came from organically, so yeah, five heart. And the uh, the logo, which you can't see—I mean, you can see the logo, but you can't see me pointing to the logo. But anyway, upper right corner, uh, it's a gorilla. There you go. Thank you, thank you, Nate. Uh, it's I, I, some kind of so the I have a podcast network that is separate from uh, Coronation. Uh, it's called the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network, and all of the uh, logos have all been done by a good friend of mine who's done uh, comic book art. He's done uh, action figure art, things like that, and he's created all these under the Jittery Monkey theme. So they're all various monkeys. So uh, that was supposed to be a, a some type of chimpanzee or gorilla throwing the bones. So, um, so that's that. So, uh, and yeah, yep. Uh, 
Paul, you're right. Brian was good people. Um, and he'd be very happy right now because he's also a Texas Ranger fan and they won their first world series last night. So, uh, um, we we uh, we we miss Brian greatly. We we talk about him periodically here on the show. So um, <coughs> I'm also dealing with that. So uh, I've got this to help help keep the coffin down, help keep the phlegm down. Um, this is brownie points, which is a brown ale with vanilla. This is a pint, and this is from Maplewood Brewing Company in Chicago, Illinois. Because I know. Fred, you'd ask. So, this is a uh, dihydrogen monoxide. So this is uh, a gift from the basketball team I coached last year. It has water in it. I said dihydrogen dihydrogen monoxide. Oh, okay. H two. Oh, anyway. All right. So, um, you know, we we got some. I don't want to say surprising. Uh, efforts, but because of all the injuries, we've had the ability to see young guys step up, be it Emmett Johnson, Jalen Lloyd, as I mentioned, Malachi Coleman, who started and had a few targets uh, and, and just barely, you know, missed uh, um, a, a big, big catch for a big opportunity. Uh, uh, Fleeks is getting, you know, uh, some serious catch, uh, touches. On the offensive side of the ball, the young guys are doing their very best to step up and make an impact. Is that a question? Or you, uh, no, it was it was leading into a, a greater conversation, Nate. We <laughs> we you know we I don't always moderate from a question standpoint. I I bring up a topic and I say, and I, I lead, it's it's a leading statement. Okay, so you want to talk about the youth on the offensive side of the ball? So I guess it's nice that we're winning games. You know, we're five and three. And so you, a lot of this youth, they're getting a lot of experience, right? And otherwise, you know, they would, they probably wouldn't be if everyone was staying healthy. And that includes Harvard, right? I mean, uh, who knows if, you know, Jess, Jess Sims never got hurt. If At what point, if he kept on going the same tra- trajectory, you know, turnover-wise, you know, decision-making-wise, you know, effectively running the offense, you know, timing up the snap when the ocean guy comes and hit, you know, all, you know, just the basics, the basics, I guess. At what point would he have gotten pulled? Um, If you would have waited, then uh, Brock Purdy, not Brock Purdy, Chubba, Chubba Purdy was second, I believe, um, except for the Colorado game, Harburg, uh, Purdy was hurt, right? So, if it would happen maybe a week or two later, then maybe we would have, you know, Chubba Purdy at quarterback instead of Harburg. And so uh, I guess I'm just, again, it's just, it's lucky we have this really soft schedule right now because um, we're not getting hurt by these young guys, you know, right. and that's, that's great. And, you know, Fedoni's going to lead the team in touchdown passes, which I predicted. So not, that's not really sticking your neck out, but uh, touchdown so, receptions, sir. No, I, 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 I uh, predicted touchdowns. Well, you, you said he's leading the, the team in touchdown passes. Oh, sorry, touchdown receptions. I'm That's sorry. what I said. Yeah, I yes, was just yes, clarifying. Okay. Yes, yes. 
And uh, so, I, I mean, it, it's a lot more – it's easier to enjoy these young kids' game playing time when you're winning, right? If we're, you know, two and f- four, you know, all of a sudden it's like, you know, oh, maybe, you know, it's not as fun, I guess. I keep on going back to the fun thing, right? Uh, PK says that the young guys are learning a winning mentality and building a winning culture. Yeah, well, they they supposedly the old guys are the ones who really push them for winning. You know, I, I heard a saying, I think it was today. I think it was from Nick Baugh. And I think it was on his uh, preview podcast for Nebraska basketball. And I think he said, freshmen want playing time. Sophomores want to start. And juniors and seniors want to win. And so uh, I think we have a, probably a good junior, senior you know, they're a smaller part of the team, the football team. Right. And maybe they just – they've lost so much they just want to win, right? And, you know, and so then these young kids are, you know, building the good habits, as you see every time sure. these young guys cross uh, – they score a touchdown at right as they cross the line. They, they put both hands around the ball. That's the thing that they emphasize – um, Jalen Moy did that, you know, and, and the running backs do that. Uh, so, yeah. Well, I'm- it, no, and that's the, and maybe that's why the defense is is playing at the level that they're playing because you've got like the Ty Robinsons, you've got the the Rhymers, the Henriches, the the uh, and and many. Uh, Shout out to Minnie because she said that Marquise Buford dressing for the game this week, uh, and he's a junior. But I mean. Look, I know it feels like he's been around for a long time, but but if he's getting the opportunity to get back out there um, after his injury and recovery, um, I, I'm, I'm not saying that the offense lacks urgency. That, that I don't want to, to come across that at all. But but the defense, which has been the really the power group uh, of the season so far. I mean, just you know, look at you know they they went. Uh, didn't give up a touchdown against uh, Northwestern. I mean, if it was like six, seven quarters, something like that, that they went without giving up a touchdown from the end of uh, Illinois to the Purdue game uh, last week. I feel like that, you know, what you said about freshman uh, playing time, sophomores want more, you know, um, and juniors and seniors want to win. I feel like with, with the, Perhaps veteran leadership, if that's if if that's the the you know the how you want to label it on on the defensive side of the ball, that kind of rings a little bit true. I do feel that they are so hungry uh, to for for the competition to keep competing. That I mean, and I've said this for a few weeks now is uh, the defense or, or the team will only go as far as the defense will carry them, and and that's why I think this defense is is clearly going to carry them at minimum to a bowl game. Yeah, well, I think what really helped, and the kind of you know, it was good. You know, it, everyone's been saying it kind of at different you know times throughout the season. That's nice to have an adult in the room, right? That's Matt Rule. And I think once he realized that this offense is not going to be good, and that the defense has a chance of being you know spectacular, right? That I think that. When you have a uh, a team where 
essentially there could be a split. Like one side's really struggling. One side is just pretty much doing all the work, right? That you can get a split down the team. But so what Rule said in the beginning, this was a week one or week two, and he said, I told the defense we, we might just be a defensive team this year. And so I think that then, you know, first it takes pressure off the offense, right, a little bit. And secondly, the defense goes, okay, all right. So it's on us, right? And it's not that, you know, oh, and it's not going to be one of those top things where the defense is sitting there and looking at the offense, continually turning the ball over, continually having a three and out. Oh, crap, we have to go back on defense. You know, these guys aren't doing any – they're not pulling their – you know, they're not doing their jobs and all that. And I think Rule got ahead of that, you know. I think he saw what was coming, and uh, and the thing that I that I don't think I've ever seen before with Tony White and is how many players they play on defense, and uh, I think that's a big part of it is they the guys fly around, they they're not worried about getting tired, you know, and so when they're on the the field and they finally get the punt and then our offense goes on and three and out, you know, then we're back on defense and years pass. And for most football teams, that's when the defense just gets gassed. Right. Right. But that's not really happening with this group because they're playing 25 kids. Right. So so think about, um, you know, some of the players I'm I'm going to, I apologize because I'm going to cheat just a little bit here. Um, and try to pull up uh, some of the statistics of, of, of guys who got into the game, uh, this most recent game against um, uh, Purdue. So uh, allow me just to, to, the grace of, of a minute to pull up the information here. Um, but you're right. I mean, to your, they're, they're rotating in um, and, and getting guys meaningful snaps. Um, so, uh, let's see here. We have uh, Prince Will. We have. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of starting on on the line, or at least in this you know three three five, what we can consider a line. Uh, Blaze Gunnerson, uh, Cam Linhart, uh, Ty Robinson. Uh, we've got. Uh, well, I mentioned uh, Prince Will, obviously. Uh, uh, who the hell am I missing? Gunnerson. Oh, uh, you're, you're polar bear. Yeah. The polar bear. Yeah. Which for whatever reason, he doesn't show up on here, which I know, he, I know he was there, but anyway, um, I mean, that's, that's more depth. I feel like on the line than we've had. And not only that, I mean, those, that's, that's a nice blend of veterans and, and young guys. And, and there was a really exciting breakdown that, that I saw that Tony white had of a, of a, of a P will. I'm going to, I'm, I'm only going to call him P will from now on. Uh, tackle for loss uh, in that game against Purdue, where he was talking about the just the the uh, football intelligence that uh, P. Will, so because he immediately kind of like stutter stepped and took away a slant route for Purdue, and so they had to check down to uh, a, a screen or a pass in the flats, and he went and made a beautiful uh, open field tackle for you know three yard loss. And that's a freshman, um, and and some of the uh, uh, 
some of the comments here were, were talking about, you know, rule doing the hard work of getting guys to Nebraska. And then, you know, the, the words are like tampering or, you know, I guess, you know, for, for other purposes, poaching, um, and, and, you know, how, how many of these young kids who are, who are going to, uh, you know, be legit stars are going to be Ernest Hausman and, you know, get poached by an, another school. Yeah, well, uh, as, as far as the numbers go in the youth on defense, there were times against Colorado, I believe, and also I think against Illinois, and it's probably happened since, where we had three true freshmen on the defensive line at the same time. And I think that's insane. I mean, sometimes, you you know, a young defensive line is like a redshirt freshman, a sophomore, junior. But having three kids who were just in high school playing, you know, power five football right. is pretty insane. And, uh, yeah, that, that Prince Will play is, a, is impressive. You know, he took away the slant. They, they checked down the running back, and he came up and flattened him. Uh, because of YouTube and, and copyright and things like that, we can't show the video. Uh, I will try to find the video and include it in the uh, write-up for this. Uh, so you can check it out on coordination if you haven't yet. Um, but it's really just, again, it's a very quick, far more uh, eloquent breakdown uh, of the play than, than my paraphrasing of that. So um, it just, you know, and w- when we look at, We've got Isaac Gifford. We've got John Bullock, Phelan Sanford. Phelan Sanford had, had a nice day against Purdue. Six tackles. Um, you know, Isaac Gifford led the way with 10. Uh, Quentin Newsom. I, Quentin Newsom, I'm so glad he's here. What a breakout season he's having. He's having the kind of season that's really going to get him recognized at the next level. Yeah, I couldn't believe that Quentin Newsom had yeah, his first interception in his entire career in Nebraska, right. Illinois, I think. I, mm-hmm. I was like, holy crap. And he's played a lot of football. you think that it would just happen to be thrown at, right at him at some point, right? And, yeah, the law of averages. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that would happen. Uh, yeah, I'm. he's probably going to play on Sundays and among other players on that defense. But, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's one of those guys you're glad that he stuck around. Right. Oh, for sure. Um, you, you know, and, and I mean, look, I just think there there's a certain amount of hunger of, uh, you know, to, to use a maybe a cliched phrase, a want to, uh, you know, type from from this defense. They're they're out to prove a point. They're out to make a statement. And if you take the Michigan game off as kind of like, you know, you know the, the, again, when we're talking laws of averages, you take off the, the, the best and the worst performances. Right. And then, and then in there you find, um, you know, the, your true team. So, I mean, this is a team that can average giving up two to 250 yards of, of, of offense to the other team. And, and I think the defense is playing at a level that's good enough to get them a few more wins. Well, I think if you, you know, you obviously can't, but if you took how the team is playing right now and start and went at the beginning of the year, they're probably, uh, they probably have one loss, right? I, I think they beat Colorado and I think they beat 
uh, Minnesota. And, I, and I'm pretty sure that if Anthony Grant doesn't fumble the ball, they beat Minnesota. So I, uh, I've I've been beating this drum for weeks. If Nebraska just ran the ball more instead of those three straight incomplete passes late in the game, and they ran ran the clock down and played possession football, and they're look. I'm not saying play to play not to lose. I'm saying play smart. Then I I do think that Nebraska is sitting as a two loss team right now. Um, but we can't change the past. We can just be excited for the fact that we get Michigan State this week. We get Maryland on, at home. We go on the road to Wisconsin, and we then uh, finish up obviously Black uh, Friday against uh, those turds from Iowa. I fully and wholeheartedly agree with what Matt Rule said a few weeks ago is there's not a team on the remaining schedule that we can't beat, but there's not a team on the on the rest of the schedule that can't beat us, depending on which Nebraska team comes out to play. Yeah. Uh, if you fumble five times in a game, you probably should lose, right? And you've, that didn't happen against Purdue. And it kind of makes you nervous about um, a game against – Michigan State, you know, Matt Rule mentioned uh, you can kind of throw Michigan State's game uh, against Michigan out the window. He thinks that they essentially had to uh, make new new calls right before the game when they figured out that Michigan's been, you know, cheating. And that, Dirty, rotten, stinking cheaters. Yes. And, the, uh, and some of the other losses were really close. And so Michigan State's better than their record. They're dealing with a lot of adversity, you know, and they got some good players. And so, I mean, this would easily be a game. I mean, I, I don't think Nebraska – I think Nebraska should walk in feeling confident, but they should also realize that they need to take care of the ball because you can't keep turning the ball over like they are. I mean, we're, we're leading the, the country in fumbles. I mean – uh, Matt Rule said that this, I think he said it was one of the first times he's ever done it. Is he took the whole staff and they watched every single fumble, and they maybe this is the whole season, but every single fumble to figure out why they're happening. Because it's right. obviously he's like, if you know, fumbling the ball is on me, right? And so he's he's taking responsibility for it. But uh, which is crazy because anybody who's seen remember the Titans knows there's only one person in charge of the football. That's the man carrying the football. How many feet in a mile, Petey? So. Yeah. Um, no, all good. All good. Um, so let's, let's address some of these uh, uh, comments that we have here. Um, we'll do this one first. Cause Sam joined late. Uh, Sam joined. I mean, we were late too, Sam. Don't you worry about it. Uh, but Sam joined about uh, 15 minutes after us. Just joined. Where's John, the five heart general? First of all, sir, I coined the five heart. I've been the five heart host slash co host from the beginning. John joined my show. And if he were here, I'd tell him that to his face. Yeah, anyway. John, take, John takes credit for a lot of stuff. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, he, he, he takes over the website and he takes over the podcast and everyone thinks it's all John, right? You know, it's a joke. 
Um, I saw John in the chat, I think, somewhere, so hopefully you heard that. I haven't seen him in the... I, I wish he was in the chat. You know, a couple weeks ago when they were doing uh, Volleyball Night on the Five Heart Podcast ahead of the uh, Wisconsin game, uh, I was exiled. I was not allowed on my own show. But I still watched and participated in the chat, even though John didn't know it was me. Where's John now? That's what the people want to know. Where's John? He's resting. Well, he, 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 he's, he does a good night to uh, Paul. I, th- I thought I I thought I said that. Oh, you did. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's me. Come on now. Oh, lame. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I like how many many comes in and and she asks a legitimate question and we will get there. But first, we're gonna have some more fun. <laughs> um, James Boardman says I had a good comment, but Michigan stole it. Uh, Joel Tilson says the Big Ten ADs are raising hell about Michigan's cheating. Uh, Wouldn't you love to been on that coaches call that they had today? We're all the uh, the conference coaches call. And I guess Jim Harbaugh was on there until the point where he didn't have to be on there. And they so they would talk about you know the issue at hand. I would just sort of love because I guess they told the commissioner exactly how the cheating affected the these games, you know. And I'd love to have heard it. Did Did you see the the picture of the video clip uh, very brief as it was of uh connor stallion is that his name right yeah, um right. on the central michigan sideline and he's got the glasses with the little light on him so he was recording that's that's nuts um all right so we got talking about you know controlling fumbles and, and if if uh, uh we got to do something so Dion says just got to overcome uh four fumbles a game and uh, Ted says, Dion, if we cut it down to two, we'll be dangerous. And that that's there's uh where's the lie? There's no lie in that in that statement. Um back to back comments here. One from uh, Michael says, give Tony White a huge raise and keep the train rolling. And and I yeah, back up the money truck. And then Mike says, Remember when everyone was bitching about the three three five defense? Who's Tony White and saying that it just won't work? Yeah, I mean, Tony White has made it work. His players have made it work. Again, whether it's rotating in fresh legs so that the guys don't get gassed or just having them prepared, you know, having them, you know, running drills to, and, and scheming to, to, I mean, like, it's so fun to watch this defensive unit. Uh, don't, don't start, Fred, um, because. Th- when when there's a tackle, there's usually four or five red jerseys or you know the Nebraska Nebraska players around the ball at any given time. I mean, it's just they're they're quick, they're powerful. They have uh, I, I I've seen better pass rush this year than I can remember seeing in maybe a decade. I mean, honestly, since Indomitian Sue and Jared Crick were side by side, um, and they're they're able to get pressure with four guys, but they're still blitzing on occasion and, and it's, 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 they're doing everything to throw off um, the offense. It's, it's just, it's a thing of beauty to watch. I'm I'm just enjoying watching this offense or I'm sorry, this defense so much. So uh, they, yes, they need to back up the money truck and I think give them $2 million a year. I would, otherwise he's going to leave. He's going to go to USC 
be a defensive coordinator there maybe. But, or he's going to take a head coaching job somewhere. I give him $2 million a year. Uh, Satterfield, I think, makes $1.5 million a year, I think. And I think Tony White might make like one point two or one point uh, if you're pulling that up or not. Um, looking here real quick. Um, so this is from footballscoop.com. Look at the uh, defensive coordinator market ahead of the 2023 season. Um, according to all available data, not a single defensive coordinator makes $2 million per year. Um, let's see if we can – I don't know if there's a, a Freedom of Information Act or, or whatever. Oh, no, uh, yeah, they're probably employees. done. Back in January, uh, Football Scoop along with ESPN reported that Pete Golding took the Ole Miss job on a three-year deal uh, at more than $2 million per year. Uh, but, uh, again, they're going by the official list. So Jim Knowles at Ohio State at 1.9, uh, Glenn Schumann at Georgia 1.9, Kevin Steele at Alabama 1.9, 1.9 Matt House at LSU 1.9, uh, Pete Kitkowski at Texas at 1.7. I mean – it, it it goes on. I, there is Tony White is making a million. He's yeah, one million, and Sarah Fields making. He's do a raise. Yeah, so Phil Parker. Phil my, Parker's making one point three at Iowa. If that's any indication. Well, he yeah, but that's how Iowa rolls. I mean, right. I mean, if if they can pay a pincher, they probably would. But um, no, I. Oh, what was my point? Anyways. Okay. Oh, that uh, Rule hasn't used his entire assistant pool, I guess, that uh, Trevor Alberts gave him. So mm. he probably left. There's some money there to pay somebody. And I, I mean, and also, I think you have to give uh, Matt Rule some credit for Tony White's success. A little bit. Not, I mean, just, because I think one of the biggest revelations – or I guess the biggest, just like the eye test of watching this year's football team compared to last year's or the year before is how physical and how much better we are at tackling. Yeah. And I think that it's because they do it a lot during the week where uh, in years past, they're so afraid of injuring people that they, and, you know, I consider it somewhat soft, you know, they don't tackle they, – they don't bring them down to the ground during the week and things like that. You know, like, I mean, how often do you ever hear, like, after the, was the Michigan game, that the next day they had a scrimmage, you know? And so I think that you have to give Rule a little bit of credit there. But, yeah, you need to back the money truck up for Tony White or else he's going to leave. I mean, Can, can I um, ask what could be viewed as a controversial question? Sure. How much credit do we give to the previous staff for assembling most of the the players on this defensive unit? Now, not the freshmen necessarily, maybe not some of the transfer portal, but but uh, uh, Ty Robinson, Nash Hutmacher, Hutmaker, uh, Reimer, Gifford, um, Marquise Buford, who's coming back, Quentin Newsom. Uh, Quentin Newsom has been around so long; he might have been here uh, under under the Mike Riley era. I don't know. <laughs> He's a senior. He's probably enjoyed that COVID year. You know, I, I just, um, there, there's, I, I, we, I don't tend to give the previous 
staff much credit because they certainly didn't earn it on the field, uh, or at least maybe not on the field from Sunday to Friday, uh, as far as development. But but Tony White, Matt Rule, and company had pieces of clay to mold and mold them they did they they were not i, I mean realistically you, if you look at back at the last 5 years the biggest problem was development you know it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't not getting highly touted guys it was not helping them improve any like they got here and, and maybe you know modest improvements or or you know not to not to steal a line that we actually like over on coordination over reaction with myself and Hoss Reuter, incremental improvement. They they got here in like at, at this level, and maybe they got to this level. Whereas Matt Rule's taking the guys who are at this level, and and he and Tony White and strength and conditioning, et cetera, they're getting every ounce of effort and talent out of what they have. So I don't I just throwing throwing it out there. Well, you can say the same thing about the 2009 defense. A lot of those are Callahan guys. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah. discrediting that at all. Now, many with an interesting statistic, we have 44% freshmen, so no, they didn't leave us much. <laughs> many, I don't know if you know this, but 73% of statistics on the internet are false. All right. Yeah, I know. Joel says Frost wasn't developing players. We know. Um, so anyway, a couple more of these uh, starred comments. Oh, we're going to get them. Yes, we will touch on uh, the schedule. Many did say, uh, not trying to get too ahead, but I've been wondering this for a while. Do championship slash bowl games count against a red uh, a player redshirting? They do not. Uh, technically from um, the, the NCAA issued a waiver to allow redshirt participation in bowl games. So, Great question. That's an easy one. I like the easy questions. Yes, Nate. yes. Any others? <laughs> Any yes. other easy ones? Uh, many did the math on the 44%. So. I don't know. <laughs> but are they true freshmen, redshirt freshmen? Redshirt freshmen would have been here. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just being a devil's advocate at this point. Um. Justin says, look at guys like Hill. The coaches gave up on him within the first three games last year. Now look at him. I mean, honestly, and, and Nate touched on it earlier, same with Heinrich Harburg. The previous offensive coordinator said not a not a D1 uh, power five quarterback. Now he's – I got to do math again, damn it. Five and one as a, head, as a, as a starter. So, not bad. Obviously, we like less turnovers. Mm-hmm. Oh, but at the end of the day, the only stat that matters is the final score. And Heinrich Harburg has led this uh, Nebraska Cornhusker team to more wins than losses by a pretty wide margin. So we'll take it. We'll, we we love that kid from Kearney. That's how I've heard it announced on the radio, on television. So. Uh, oh, we were talking about giving Tony White more money uh, based on performance. Living in Omaha's David Matney says Satterfield could take a pay. He did. He did clarify pay cut on a, on a subsequent uh, follow up comment, but pay cut based on performance. Again, 
I don't I don't dislike what Satterfield's doing because he's scheming to the players that he has. And if they get in different Jimmys and Joes that allow him to, you know, I don't know, uh, again, take the top off the defense, then and if he can if they if he can run something, but you have to scheme to the talent that you have. And I think that's that's what Mark Satterfield's biggest um attribute this season has been, Nate. But if you want to go with the other side of the argument, is that they picked Jeff Sims, right? And maybe we never got to see the Jeff Sims that they thought they could get, you know. But and he hasn't been put in the greatest situations. And but if you want to knock him, that that's the knock, and that's about it for me. Um, after that, I think that yeah, like you said, they're 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 trying to. Oh, geez, the best slash worst thing you can do is read the comments when you're talking, when Fred throws out a doozy. Happens all the time. No, and, and I say this with love and in the best way, nobody derails a, a thought train like Fred Sacco. Yeah, so that's, uh, you know, so I you, you know, if you, you want your uh, ammo, the, the ammo would be yeah. Uh, He's the quarterback coach, essentially, and well, the guy he picked is not very good. Well, think about this, though. If you talk about situations, if Nebraska opens up against Louisiana Tech and Northern Illinois at home, maybe the Jeff Sims era looks completely different. You know, maybe, Because realistically, what, he's, he's played five snaps? In Memorial Stadium, I mean, he wasn't in there very long on on uh, this past Saturday. He had the one against um, was it Michigan when when Harvard went out with because uh, he lost his helmet. Uh, I mean, it's oh, just maybe, I, don't know. It, it, <sighs> I was flying back from uh, Boston, so I'm not sure. I kind of missed that most of that game. Thankfully, I missed most of that game. The Michigan game, yeah, it was a doozy. I- I was flying home. So, uh, Josh at, opens up his question with a uh, with uh, it's a, it's a word sir that I'm not going to repeat. Uh, I'm late one time, and Greg's dressed like Don Johnson, and John cut his hair. He's like, "Where's John?" Okay. Someone once, uh, someone very much smarter than me said, uh, "Everybody's first. Uh, every every comic book is somebody's first comic book." Stanley said that about Marvel comics. So. To uh, um, borrow a line from the Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse movie. All right, let me tell it one more time. John's taking the night off to rest. That was, that was, I, I, I pulled a lot of taffy for a very simple explanation. <laughs> and now Nate's leaving. Great. What am I supposed to do now? Fred says, to be fair, home or away, I think Sims would have done about the same. Well, we'll never know, Fred. We will never know. Uh, Joel says, what the hell did Rule C in Sims? Probably a, a speedy, athletic kid um, who likes to turn the ball over a lot. And, and that is I, that was one of the biggest criticisms, right, um, is that uh, you, you took a, a guy who – 
I think, led the nation in turnovers and thinking that he was going to do something different at Nebraska, When, which is crazy because at the time, uh, yeah, well, w- what we saw, what we got from Jeff Sims was uh, much, much of the same. You know, against Minnesota and Colorado, just losing the ball. So, you, you know, I think uh, if you have confidence in your coaching ability, I think you you see someone like Sims who's very physically gifted, and you think that you can get more out of him than the last coach. You know, and I think that's probably what they were thinking. Uh, that, and you know, and it always, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and then. You know, when things go bad and the fan bases of all sports go, see, why would you expect different than what you've already been seeing from right. an, an athlete? Right. Well, it's because the coaches thought they could pull something out of the athlete. That Absolutely someone- right. Absolutely right. Um, not one of those Dennis Green, uh, we are who, you know, they thought we are. They, are they, who they we were thought. who we, yeah, not one of those. So, um, anyway, they, things happen. Uh, let's see. We've touched on that. Uh, let's see what this new live comment is. We're about almost to an hour. Well, Minnie says that Sims was recommended to us by rules buddy at Georgia tech. Well, now we know he was just trying to offload <laughs> a turnover machine. <laughs> um, no, that, that's a good comment. Minnie. thank you for that. Uh, so a few questions here about next uh, next week's, not next week, next season's schedule, which was released. I'm going to uh, pull it up for us now because that's what I do. I'm prepared, and by prepared, I mean I'm pulling things up right now when when um, people are wanting to know about it. So Dion Pryor said uh, earlier, are you going to go over next year's schedule? Yeah, sure, we'll do that right now. So next year's schedule looks like a schedule that I can't pull up just yet. That's awesome. Thanks for that. Internet. Nate, how's the family while we kill time? Uh, fine. Uh, I just sent my oldest to bed. I let him stay Not up time. a little bit. So uh, everyone else is asleep. Excellent. My whole family's asleep also. All right. So let's do it. Let's get into 2024444. All right. The schedule is out. Uh, opens up uh, Saturday, August 31st, which is not a Friday, and it's not a conference game. Uh, Nebraska against University of Texas El Paso in Lincoln or UTEP. Um, then we go a week. We host Colorado on September 7th. We host uh, Northern Iowa on September 14th, and we open up Big Ten play at home against Illinois on September 21st. First road game is our fifth game of the season, which the downside of that is, is that it's it, it looks like it's more of a, a backloaded uh, road schedule. But Saturday, September 28th, uh, on the road at Purdue, then home on the 5th of October against Rutgers. Bye week comes on uh, October the 12th, and uh, then we're on the road back-to-back, first on the 19th against Indiana, and then on the 26th at Ohio State. Then we host our first newcomer of uh, the 2024 season. UCLA comes to town on November 2nd, and it is uh, Southern. We go on the road to uh, USC on November 16th, so another bye week wedged in there. 
uh, on my wife's birthday, actually, Saturday, November 23rd, uh, Nebraska's home against Wisconsin and finishing things out Friday, November 29th uh, at Iowa City. Um, so it leads to one of these comments that uh, Caleb had earlier says, not sure if it's talked about yet, but anyone else noticed that Nebraska could be 7-0 and in the first seven games of next year. Uh, so that would be, of course, the UTEP game through through Indiana before Ohio State. So um, good Lord, let's why we're the, we are getting ahead of ourselves. Can I complain about something? Uh, that that's all. You would be the perfect John substitute right now if you did complain about something. Okay, so what everybody, what America wants, I promise you, I'm going to speak for everybody, is what they want is they want to see those Pac-12 schools on the West Coast come to Big Ten country when there's snow on the ground. Yep. And so let's see, what did the Big Ten do? Okay, Uh, I say Washington, they in the season, their conference schedule is – uh, against Oregon and UCLA and USC, and also I guess you could say Penn State, and that's at Penn at Penn State. So maybe there's one there. Okay, USC they play their last four games are at at Washington, at UCLA, Nebraska. Okay, and then um, but no, but it's at but but that's an away game for us. So. No, they're not I – mean, unless you're going to call Rutgers at the end so, of October. Can, can I – I don't think that matters. And let me tell you why. It might matter to fan bases who, you know, I don't know any – well, I don't know any USC fans anyway, like Lori Laughlin, but I, I heard she's kind of separated herself from the university. But like any UCLA fans, things like that, I don't know any of them who would make the trip to – Camp Randall anyway, but for the players, like you already have players from Florida, Texas, Georgia, wherever playing in Big Ten schools. So I just don't know if it's if it's going to be that culture shock that uh, you know the NCAA, maybe not the NCAA, but uh, the the television networks are are hoping that will be. Well, see, because what we want <laughs> is we want them to be forced to play Big Ten football. In Big Ten weather, because then they have to adjust, you know, their style of play. Because uh, I promise you, USC is not going to come to Iowa, to Michigan, to Wisconsin at the end of November and throw it around. It just doesn't work, right? Wait a minute. Are you saying that it's not a good idea for a coach to come into a conference and say, well, we hope that they have to adjust for us? I think no one would ever say that. that <laughs> no one has ever said that. No. And, and if they did, I'm sure things went well for them. No. So, yeah. So that that's one of my takeaways that's non-Nebraska related is that it sure looks like they kind of, um, if you want to say babied them a little bit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, Oregon's – away games i guess they do go to wisconsin i guess so but it's like the the, uh, west coast teams seem to be playing the other west coast teams at the end of the year more from what i can tell maybe that's just me 
barely looking at the schedule. So, um, well, I'm already going to call what's going to happen next year. Okay. We're going to start seven and zero, and then we're going to get our doors blown off by uh, Ohio state. And, uh, where's I'm looking at the schedule. Okay. And then we're going to get beat by UCLA and then get beat by USC. And then we're going to say, see, they were completely overrated to begin with. Right. You know? So, but then we're going to wait, hold on, but then we'll beat Wisconsin and Iowa and we'll still be nine and three or yeah. 10 and three. How many regular season games are going to be playing now? No, you should start seven and zero, and then probably lose then, Ohio State. And, well, you're saying we'll lose to Ohio State, UCLA, and, and USC, right? No, I'm not saying we will. I'm saying no. that what's going to happen with when we do, or sorry, if we do, that then people are going to start saying, "See, we were never that good," and we'll because we'll probably be ranked in the top fifteen at that time because we're seven and zero, right? But we haven't played anybody, and we just. Um, so it's going to be like we're treated like the SEC? Yeah, maybe. All right. I mean, that's all they do is they – I apologize. I, I've been watching a lot of Ted Lasso uh, again lately, and whenever Roy Kent is doing uh, being a pundit, uh, the host, the moderator, always has to apologize for his fruity language. But that's what the SEC is with ESPN. It's a big circle jerk. Um you know, so it's it, it everybody's uh, puffed up and, and overrated. Anyway, as long as look, I don't, I I I predict I predict a lot of wins, but I always predict a lot of wins. It's kind of what I'm known for. So we'll just have to take it one game at a time. And the game that we have to take right now is Michigan State on the road, East Lansing. Haas is going to be there. Our special coordination correspondent is going to be in East Lansing, his first trip ever to Michigan. Um, so he is going to have some fun with that one. And, um, I, you know, I just, it, I, I feel like with everything that's going on in Michigan state and with Nebraska continuing to build momentum, I feel like, I don't want to say this is an easy one because nothing's easy in in the big 10 in November, but I feel like this is, very doable. Uh, well, it should be doable. Uh, I'm kind of, I, I haven't decided what I think is going to happen or I haven't made a prediction, but my thought process right now is that if both teams played as their best football, Nebraska should win by probably by 10 points, maybe. Uh, but I am just nervous that we're going to have the game where those five turn, the five fumbles, five turnovers, finally catch up to us, right? And I guess I shouldn't say finally because they definitely caught up to us against Colorado and against right. uh, Minnesota. But it just seems like you know lately on this little quote winning streak. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, mean yeah. I think we should win. I, I'm not even sure, but I'm not sure if I'm going to predict that we will. Well, you better hold on to your prediction for, for a little bit later from now. Um, so Michigan State, uh, they have wins over Central Michigan and Richmond. They have a, a big loss to uh, number five, Washington. They have a loss to Maryland and, and a 10-point loss to Iowa. 
They lost to Rutgers. They lost big to number two Michigan, and uh, they lost to Minnesota. So I feel like it, if you're looking at this Michigan State team, they're a team with really nothing to lose. They know that they're more than likely going to have, or not more like they they have are going to have a new full time head coach announced in the off season. Um, I you know it's but it's one of those situations, kind of like Nebraska Northwestern, where games tend to be ugly. They tend to be close, um, and look, I, we're going to win this game as long as we don't punt it to the wrong side of the field. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, uh, that was <laughs> one of the biggest blunders you've ever seen, right, that loss to Michigan State. Uh, yeah, you think if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, we should win. Uh, I'm not there yet, but that's going to happen, you know. Particularly, you know, when you're watching um, Harburg run the option, it just looks like he's very uncomfortable in what, you know, what he's doing, right? So Really? Yeah, I think unless he's running straight ahead, he just looks very uncomfortable. I – I it, okay, so maybe maybe that's the thing. Maybe we're looking at two, two different – uh, parts of, of the play because I just feel like when he's running the ball, he just he's probably at his at his happiest in life. Uh, I I you know for that kid, I don't think anything brings him as much joy as lowering the shoulder and to in and you know blowing up blow blowing back a, a safety you know five yards off the tackle. It's. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I think I think he's doing well. Um, but again, I the even the run the damn ball guy in me would like to see him run less and like Emmett Johnson run more. Um you know, Fleeks, even Anthony Grant. When Anthony Grant maintains possession, Anthony Grant's a damn good runner. Um so uh Fred, yeah, when that- come on, Fred. Fred says, Harbor running the option looks more uncomfortable than Pat Fitzgerald caught wearing a purge mask and nothing else. You know, uh, the last the game against uh, Purdue, when he fumbled the ball, I I yelled at the TV. I said, what do you expect? It was like his 15th carry, you know, for a quarterback. You know, at some point it's going to happen. Right. I'm more in the running 10 times max type of deal. Let's let, again. I don't say this. I, I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm just curious as to the number of times he actually ran the ball because he was not our leading rusher uh, in that game. It was Emmett Johnson. Um, so I just want to see. I'm to satisfy my own. I thought uh, he had like 17 carries, and I may, you know, maybe I'm making that up, but I thought he did. Uh, it's probably like two, or no, it's probably like it. A, it, it doesn't. Well, hold on. Okay, I guess it does say 19 carries. There we go. That's all. That's too much, right? I mean, that's too much. That? Okay, that's right. uh, 57 yards, but he did. Uh, uh, but he, well, 57 gained, 22 net. We have to be very clear about that. Uh, Emma Johnson had 13 carries for 76 yards. No, Emma Johnson was not brought down behind the line of scrimmage at all last week. Think about that. He had the 28-yard uh, uh, run. He had the touchdown. He averaged almost six yards per carry. 
Josh Fleeks had 6.3 yards per carry, but on a much smaller uh, selection size. Uh, or, so, I I say feed, feed, feed Emma Johnson. You know, just remember, going back, way back to earlier, you know, you know, as far as like having to plug players in, Fleeks is a converted wide receiver who came into the season too fat. You know, like coach, you know, rule, yeah, you know, and I'm he's also a, too fat. Uh, so am I, but he he's that, a does that mean I can be a running back for Nebraska? He's a scholarship athlete. <laughs> we are not. I, uh, let me tell you, I have all of my eligibility remaining. So do I. Uh, but, yeah, Fleeks doesn't – I'm not a big fan of, of Fleeks, but I am a huge fan of, of Emmett. Uh, people forget that he was the Mr. Minnesota – or the Mr. Mr. Football in the state of Minnesota, I think, his senior year. So he's a good player. Well, we're just about to the point of uh, getting your predictions in, so – now is a, a great time to put your predictions in the comments, uh, and that means, Nate, you're going to need your prediction as well. Uh, Nate, Fred also has a request. If you're gonna if you're gonna sit there and, and sit in John's uh, metaphorical seat, Nate, no, you're Nate. Fred says uh, that you get you should complain and you should unreasonably attack me at some point. I should. Unreasonably attack you. Oh, like John does. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of John's mo, you know. Um, we also want to tell why while you're preparing your predictions, uh, we are uh, raising money through your super chats for Team Jack. Uh, we know that uh, we have already hit our hundred dollar uh, minimum or, or hundred dollar mark. So we will at some point, probably after the season, uh, get together. We're working on copyright and and. and how are we going to be able to do this? But we're going to sit down and make John watch the Young Guns. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, Nate, but a few weeks ago, um, somebody made in the comments made a uh, uh, a Young Guns reference, and John's like, "I hate that movie." I said, "Well, maybe you like it now because you used to love peanut butter, but since you died and the brain injury, now you hate peanut butter." He says, "No." I so I, I threw the challenge out there. I said, "We can get hundred dollar in the super chat." Uh, we'll watch the Young Guns, and somebody dropped in ninety nine ninety nine immediately. His name is Marcus. We haven't seen him since. Um, oh, there you go. So we got uh, Bad Bar Trucking with nineteen ninety nine for my Team Jack donation list here. Thank you, Bad Bar Trucking. All that. So here, here's the funny thing: YouTube takes their cut, right? But the the amount that's pledged regardless of the, the YouTube taking their percentage will be the amount that uh, the five heart podcast being me um, donates to, to the team Jack uh, foundation. So um, if Fred says that, that Marcus guy beat me to the punch, I was so ready to me do too, it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're still, hey, you're still able to do it. Um, yeah. You, you still could. That's a good point. Remember it all goes to charity uh, through me. It's like, um, do you get this when you go and, and maybe they don't do it as, as frequently or as noticeably in Nebraska, but if you go to the grocery store and they ask you to round up uh, or, or round up for Ronald McDonald house. You, you, you know what? Uh, if my kid's there, I do it because I want him to see me, you know, giving Being philanthropic. Yes. 
but if I'm by myself, I don't. And the reason why is I'm, I'm thinking of High V right now. I'm like High V, me donating this twenty-seven cents here. I mean, you have coffers where you could just write a check, right? right? right. You know, it's like, and they're, and I, and I, <laughs> they're so, trying to offload their their uh, corporate uh, tax deductible. Yeah, uh, I mean, donation. It, I, I know we feel like Hy-Vee's kind of low. It's a huge, huge, you know, grocery store chain. Now, it, it's, it's like when I first got to Nebraska, like when I first moved to Shadron, and the grocery store that was almost immediately across the street was Safeway. Like, oh, I've never heard of Safeway before. That must be a Shadron thing. But apparently it's all along like the the mountain range. So or mountain range uh extended. So um and oh here's Justin, thank you. Thank you, Justin. Justin says Fred Frost also swore that he had hundred dollars uh at the end of the night. So thank you, Justin. It's it's good to, to for somebody to to uh throw at HC a uh, uh, former HCSF uh zinger past fred once in a while because that's that's fred's that is how fred grew in notoriety here around uh, the chatterfields and the five heart podcast um so thank you I, i'm not above guilting people into doing it uh fred said fred missed a, a zero on there but he says for team jack uh or towards john's suppository fund <laughs> We did say uh, at the end of, of last week that we we do uh, a little little portion of time, not devote a whole lot of, of, of time, but just a, a little bit of time uh, to uh, upping this uh, donation to Team Jack um, at, at the end of every episode. So thank you, Fred. Thank you, uh, um, uh, everybody. So with that, let's get to uh, some of, the, of your predictions for this Saturday's game, Nebraska at Michigan State. Uh, and many who left the chat but is still listening says Nebraska 34-19. Fred says Nebraska 24, Michigan State 10. Mel Tucker boxes of Kleenex 2. There's one thing we don't do. It's we don't edit Fred's comments. Uh, Dash Cammer says Nebraska 22-21 in uh, one overtime. I would be okay with not having the overtime. I just... Let's move on. Let's not have the added stress. Uh, Justin says Nebraska 24, MSU 10, or 10, 6. I can't read. Uh, Sam says my prediction, Nebraska 24, MSU 0. Younger brother says Nebraska 28, Michigan State 10. Um, I'd be very all right with Nebraska defense pitching the shutout. Well, uh, supposedly they're, they might be down a quarterback. so That helps. That's got to help Nebraska's chances, I feel. Um, Michael Hassman Hassman says uh, Nebraska 30, Michigan State 6. We've got Ted saying Nebraska 41, Michigan State 10. Joel Tilson says defense wins, Huskers 31-10. I think we already got one from Justin, but since I started, I'll read it again. Uh, Nebraska 24, Michigan State 6. And uh, Dion Pryor says 31 to six, the bug eaters. See if I'm I don't, not missing any new ones. All right. Oh, here you go. Uh, Fred says black shirts pitched the shutout. Oh, Mel Tucker pitches. Good Lord. 
yeah, so uh, Bad Bar Trucking says, my donation came late because I just hopped on. Can you explain to me what the donation is for? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let me uh, say it again for anybody at any time. Uh, about, well, it was the week before uh, I was exiled off the show. So about three weeks ago, uh, in the comments, someone made a Young Guns movie reference, Charlie Sheen, Emilio Estevez, uh, Lou Diamond Phillips, um, Kiefer Sutherland made a comment. John says, I hate that movie. And as a joke, completely, and I, I didn't expect it to go anywhere. I threw out a challenge to the chat at that time. I said, look, we can get like a hundred dollars in, in super chat bucks and in, in donations or whatnot. Uh, we'll sit down we'll, we'll find a way we'll make, uh, John watch the young guns and we'll do it as a, as a, a watch along with everybody. And I said, we won't keep the money. We'll, we'll donate it to, to team Jack foundation and right away like within a minute somebody uh dropped in at 99.99 so what we're doing is we're just collecting a little bit here and there for purely through donations of goodwill we'll find a time early in the off season to uh watch the movie and then we'll we'll uh, donate that to team jack on behalf of the chatterfields so uh bad bar trucking that's where your donation went to we appreciate it greatly um and uh, yeah, we we really do we do thank you. It's gonna be a lot of fun, if nothing else, just to uh, sit and and watch John watch a movie that he claims he hates. So uh, it'd be fun. Uh, Josh, not sure if his uh, prediction got read, but he said twenty seven to six. So uh, Nebraska. So Nate, it's time for your prediction. I mean, I don't have a clue. But uh, so well, you he, don't have a clue. You just got to make stuff up. That's what I do every week. I know, but I like. I want to have substance behind mine. You know, I, I think that maybe Michigan State will have a hard time scoring. However, until I see it, I think Nebraska probably won't play a clean football game. So I guess I'm gonna go. Nebraska wins probably like a twenty to nine type of game, maybe. All right. Interesting. So that'd, be the, that'd be under, I think. Because I think it's 30. It doesn't matter. But. All right. So here's an interesting one. Uh, Sam Roberts, by the way, who is uh, probably up. I don't say this in, in, in a um, demeaning way, but he's a high school kid uh, and he's a football player. So he sh- he's probably breaking curfew just to join us uh, on, on the show right now. Um, but he says if Nebraska pitches a shutout before the end of the season, which I almost guarantee you they will, I will donate however many dollars that we score on offense that day. Now that's in- important wording because the offense may only score three points, and we might we might be Iowa ten to nothing with some special teams or defensive score. And, and and Sam's like, I'll give you three dollars. <laughs> I was gonna say two ninety nine, right? Yeah, two two. Yeah, I guess it, it's got to be more of a to the ninety nine. Um, Fred Sacco says, can't wait till we watch Young Guns. John can channel his inner Frost. We've seen this movie before. Uh, and and uh, Fred says, uh, Sam, you're set to lose almost twenty dollars. Where nobody's, it's all for a good cause. Let's remember that. Um, so anyway, uh, all right. So you said 20 to six, speculate, speculate, 20 to nine, 20 to 10, something like that. Yeah. 
speculatively. Okay. Uh, I Look, I don't know anything about the weather conditions. I have no idea what it's supposed to be in East Lansing, but I know Haas is going to be there, and that's good for at least seven Nebraska points. Um, so I think that Nebraska is going to win this probably pretty handily. I'd be comfortable saying 31 to 10. I'd be a lot happier with 31 to 6, but I, I think 31 to 10. So I think Vegas has it as Nebraska favored by three, right? Well, what does Vegas know, honestly? Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of creepy sometimes. How yeah. close they get? Yeah. Well, I trust Nebraska. I follow the Matt rules, okay? And all right, that's I got nothing. That's all right. That is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. As always, thank you to the Chatterfields for um, light, lighting up my life uh, every week. And thank you to Nate for being here uh, because you're awesome and you're my good friend. And I appreciate uh, you stepping in because uh, I meant to text you yesterday uh, and give you more notice. But I appreciate you uh, joining me with about the four hours of notice that I gave you. So, No problem. You're, you're, a, good, you're a real mensch, Nate. So that is it for this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. We remind you each and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. Nate? Uh, Go Big Red. That's it. That's all you got to say. Well done. Proud of you.